Now on RT Radio 1, me nerves, a farewell to Shamo's house. Well-known singer, songwriter, journalist, TV presenter, raconteur and all-round good guy Shay Healy recently sold his house in Sandymount in Dublin. He shared the house with his late wife Dee Dee for 35 years. Dee Dee passed away in July. Shamo took Kevin Reynolds for a bittersweet saunter round the grand old house. When God made Dublin, he made the north side first. And when it was finished, he had a look and he said, I made a terrible body for that, didn't I? So when it came to making the south side, he took great care. And the south side was a beautiful work of art. And then he said, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. What am I going to do here? I can't have this crude north side butt up against my beautiful south side. I know what I'll do. I'll put a cushion in there. I'll put a river. That's it, a river. Uh, what will I call this river? Um, say I took the iffy bit from the north side and I took the elf from the lovely south side and put them together, I'd have the Liffey. That's it, the River Liffey. Cross over at your peril. I've crossed the Liffey to Shea Healy's house. Hi, I'm Kevin Reynolds of an appointment of each Shea. Okay. Thanks a mill. Shamo. I'm a little bit too early. Hey Shay. How are you? I thought you were talking about tomorrow. Is it just you? Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's Barry. Hi, Barry. How are you? That's Serena. And this is Kevin Reynolds, Ireland's greatest Kevin. producer. Seducer, did you say seducer or producer? <laughs> <laughs> We moved to this house here in Prince of Wales Terrace in 1981, also known as Me Nerves, which is what Gigi would say all the time. You know, if I told her that some great event, she'd say, Me Nerves. That's the placard on the door. The name of the house is now Me Nerves, and it's up to the people who take it over to live up to that, live on their nerves. 1980 was, of course, my significant year. When I won the Eurovision, what's another year? And at the time, we were living in a, a gate lodge in Booterstown, but I had a spotty track record for buying dodgy things before that. I bought three train carriages that were used in the Great Escape movie, not realising they were only made of plywood. And then I went buying a house in Greystones, and it was just about three feet too low to have a sea view. But I remember in the back of my brain that I had seen a periscope from a submarine lying up in Dublin Zoo. And I knew a guy who knew the people in the zoo very well. And I was going to install this in the middle room of the house. And if you wanted to view the sea, you just pull up the periscope and had a look. <laughs> so uh, it wasn't very sound on that. But my friend Brendan Walsh, uh, he lives across the road from number nine here, Me Nerves. 
And he said to me after the Eurovision, he said, look, this house is going to beg on Prince of Wales Church. You might like to have a look at it. And we came in and had a look and said, yeah, that's done deal. And there was no mess. We went to auction and eventually got it for 58 grand. And uh, we had the joy of moving in and filling up the house over the years. I've been waiting such a long time Looking out for you, but you're not here When we came back from Eurovision, full of the joys of spring, and now with an open checkbook, we immediately had to call our great ambitions and reduce them to staying alive, dealing with the diagnosed with a complaint that needed emergency hysterectomy. And so she was very delicate for a long time afterwards. And I did a deal with her at the end of it. I stayed home with the boys for a year. And she could go and get involved in a break-a-back shop at the Temple Bar. So it was a fair exchange, and I was glad it happened because it gave me a chance to bond with the two boys. And, of course, they were enjoying the bit of notoriety. For Finan's confirmation, I think we, uh, we hired a limo. And we were like a mafia family getting out of the Buddhist town church. But it was, uh, the days of plenty were the days of plenty. And during that time, I made some of the most brilliant demos with a quartet of Bill Whelan, Desi Reynolds, Des Moore and John Drummond. And I still savour them. The playing is so good on them. And Bill Whelan's arrangements are never less than apt and musically wonderful. And he has the best sense of rhythm of anybody I've ever known. I'm personally out in space somewhere by virtue of losing Didi in July and I'm not discommoded or discombobulated in my new apartment but I'm aware there's a very significant change going on and I'm not sure how to address it yet. It's too early to make any big decision but we had to make some decision. We sold the house in the middle of all this trangum. The house went up for sale. I just had to accept that. We had looked at the house we dear-marked a house in Monkstown and we were about to make a bid on it when the catastrophe happened. So I moved in quite hastily into a new apartment, but thankfully the girls came to my rescue and filled it out, so it's now a warm place to come home to. It has white walls, though, which is very strange. I'm used to red walls and black walls. White walls are, seem like a, a good idea, but it's almost too bright for me yet, so we're going to import a little bit of black and a bit of red and see if it tones down a bit. What age are you now, I'm 74 now, since March, and um, I'm astonished I've lasted this long. <laughs> it's hard to, to imagine. Uh, I'm emotionally fairly stable, and I don't know what the recipe is for staying alive. I think if your mind is active, you have a better chance than if it's not. I'm just utterly amazed that Dee Dee died before me. I always thought that she would nurse me out through my days. It's a very weird place to be in my head, but life is no guarantee. I don't believe we're going anywhere. But then you never know. I've taken the contingency plan of writing a song for myself and Didi. And if I do meet her in the garden, doing made to deep, probably Division 42 of Universe number six, then I'll be happy to see her again. When my life is over, I'll become a bit of stardust Out there in the heavens 
out beyond the blue And if you want to see me Just look into the night sky You will see me shining Winking down at you We're having a garage sale in the house from four until ten and a glass of wine to go with it. Um, there are so many little small artefacts and geegaws and oddball things around the house that to wrap them and package them one by one will take an eternity of time. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it in many ways. But the more we're tearing down the house, the sadder it becomes when I realise that now we're going to enjoy this again. And when it's empty, I'll come back and I'll take one last look. And I'll probably... shed a tear or so. I don't know who I'm crying for. Is it me? So be it. There's no place like home. But uh, it is a, a new beginning. The danger is I'm a bit old for new beginnings. It, it's a blank canvas, really. Um, get good money for the house, so I won't be impecunious. But that's the comfort. The sadness is that I don't have anybody to share with intimately, a companion that you can confide in. The irony is that I wrote what's another year about my father's dilemma of losing his wife, and now it's my song. And I also did it with a song called Autumn Has Come, where it was my man and dad getting old, and now it's about me. <laughs> so maybe it's fitting that I should end up with a, a song for myself and Dee put an end to this nonsense. What's another year? Where are we now? Mike? We're in the front room. You're that's the contents of the kitchen of 60 saucepans, frying pans, 50 wooden spoons. Then there's the hat collection. There's the Star Wars collection. There's the jug collection. There's, there's six sets of golf clubs that no one played golf. There's the glass balls of all varying sizes. Now, if you can name anything on that tray, I'll, I'll give you a fiver. <laughs> I have a, an effigy of Phil Linus, which I'm, or Phil Linus, as his, as his real name is which I'm going to give to Barry Nolan for all the work he did in putting this house together. And, uh, and taking it apart. And taking it apart. But I did a documentary on Phil for his 10th anniversary, and uh, it's gone all over the world now at this stage. Uh, I think he was a tragic loss. I think he was the greatest Irish rock figure we ever had. The image was superb. He was a vagabond of the Western world. He wanted to go to the very edge and of course he went too close to the edge and toppled over. I reckon he would have become a bigger songwriter almost than a singer. I could see him up there with Stevie Wonder. And all of the songs are they're poetry. I have a nice book of poems that he signed for me. And 
we were good enough pals when I see him and then became good friends with his ma. But it's, it's a, a very nice statue. And if I catch Barry Nolan hanging the cap on us, there'd be trouble. Of course, there's a rake of books ranging from everything from Howard Marks to uh, Patrick Kavanagh, which I'm definitely not letting go. I'm holding on to Patrick Kavanagh for dear life. Remind me to tell you a great story about it, I'll tell you now. They were in McDade's one day, and they were all nursing just the one drink. And suddenly somebody said, Paddy, I see the BBC rewarding you a bursary worth £10,000. He was like, I could down to the bank now and get some money and go on the skate. So he came back about 10 minutes later. said, the mean bastard will give me a shilling. You know that man, his brother shot Michael Collins. And the barman said, ah, come on, Paddy, you know that's not true. He said, I know, he said, but it's the rumour I'm spreading. <laughs> When they found me in the desert, I've been lost for many days. With mirages of my favorite pub forever in my gaze. They said, bring this man some water. And although my voice was weak, I said, water's only good for rivers, lakes, seas, streams, and creeks. Bring me some gin, bring me some gin. That is how this party will begin. She was a great cook. Wonderful cook. Uh, the most amazing. The round table, we have the round table of maybe 20 years. Mm. And some of the great conversations and jokes and badness were committed at this table. <laughs> the round and was the welcoming feature that there was no edge to it, there was no side. Everybody had equal space. And many nights we sang here just with guitars sitting around the table. You give it a rattle. And many a wonderful th singer has passed through here. I remember one night in particular, Trisha Yearwood, who's a beautiful country singer, the wife of Garth Brooks. She was up in the front room, and the noise in the kitchen was the usual hub of parties. And she started to sing, and this wave of silence rolled out over all the chatter and everything else until you could hear a pin drop and her beautiful voice against it. It was one of the finer moments of my musical life and in my social life. Paul Brady has been here many times and many times we've had great sessions that just break out late in the night. Sometimes there might be only four of us left, but we'd, we'd play and sing. Ellen Barkin was here when she was married to Gabriel Byrne and my son Oshin went up to her and said, can I kiss you? I have to be able to tell the lads. And they wouldn't understand if I didn't. So I think he got his kiss all right. Bill Whelan, who is my very close friend, was here many times. And all the musicians, Robbie Oberson, Tony Malloy, Jimmy Smith, his wife Jenny, she was one of the best backing vocalists in, in the country. Johnny Logan sat at this round table many times and he called to see me a couple of times a year just to catch up on gossip and progress or otherwise. And he, even people who were fairly timid and quiet, they entered into the atmosphere of the exchanges around this table and they gave as good as they got with the slagging. There was a lot of slagging went on, a lot of banter. So we were never short of entertainment. Come up and see the gallery. Okay. This is the bathroom and it looks like something from Star Wars or Close Encounters of the Third Kind, I'm not quite sure. 
but it's a circular cabinet and you step into it and you transform straight away and the water comes out from sprays around your body and from above in the standard way. Jeff Goldblum should be in the, sitting on the cam perhaps. The other thing that we did, again, an aberration. In the back of Silver Wall, which looks like a lightning storm in Hades, there is a urinal. It was a, a joke at first and then somebody said, we do it, we did it. And uh, it's a curiosity. And as a target for men, it doesn't seem to work. Where are they now, all those butterflies? I get up about, well, La Serena, my carer, comes in at 8.30, and if I'm not awake, she'll wake me. And I struggle out of the bed. Very difficult first few minutes. And I can still dress myself to an extent. Um, but by lunchtime, I would have thawed out a bit, and I wouldn't be as shaky as I am early on. The afternoon... I tend to try and have a nap now, which I never did before. I also having a nap with surrender. But uh, yeah. I'm waiting your way. No. No, no, no. Sure. I just want to give you them. You take your pills. Oh. To annoy you. Uh, is it half four? No, it's half twelve. Well, that's a that's a half four. No, it's a half twelve. Oh, I'm looking at my fingers. Yeah. Want a drink? Are you okay? Did you get them? Oh, you got something. <laughs> it's the plastic, is it? No, it, 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 that is a half hour. That's what. Is it? Shit. Do you have the half twelve? I, I haven't had the half twelve. Sorry, guys. Will you look at a drink, Kevin? The mineral. Oh, I'm grand. Thanks, Chef. What are you taking there? My Parkinson is a pain in the ass. It means uh, a lot of stiffness, a lot of soreness, and I have to take tablets, seven tablets in the morning, two at lunchtime, three at 4.30, two more at 8.30, and another four to, to round off a great day. If somebody picked me up with, with the ankles and dangled me, could use me as a maraca in a Caribbean band, a Calypso band. Dee Dee was, she was my carer, she was my guardian. She didn't let me away with being soft, and she helped me address it in a way that was, I suppose, based on people thinking that he's a plucky guy, but behind the scenes, I crumbled like everybody else. How long are you living with this now, Shaggy? How long are you living with Parkinson's? I've had Parkinson's for 14 years, and uh, that's bang on the money. I mean, I'm just a typical case. It's right-sided. I go through all the, the various things that go with being parky, but it's now getting very frustrating that the tips of my fingers are, are getting more and more insensate. 
and I have to think through every every bit of action I'm going to engage in in a day. In the house here, I had to sign four flights of stairs, which was brilliant because it went up and up and up and up day after day, and it was great exercise without me realising it. Since I moved into the apartment, I put on three pounds, which for me is just pretty. I've just taken one and a half cinema for my party. This keeps me going until about 4.30. And uh, it doesn't interfere with lots of your life. It's, it's good. I can hear, I can see, I can eat, I can walk not very far. And I'm being known to be seen with a bag of coke in my hand. Next door? Yeah. He just wants to say goodbye. Do you want me to bring him up to you or do you want to go down to him? Is it Fergus? Next door. Fergus. Right. Um, did you tell him I was doing this? No. Do you want me to bring him up to you? Do you want to come up here? He's just having a chat with someone. Do you want to come up here? Fergus, is it? Yeah. Yeah, Fergus. Am I interrupting or do you want to interview me? <laughs> what the hell is going on? <laughs> How are things? Good. Yeah. No, we're, we're bad. <laughs> they're, they're Fergus owns the house next door. Pardon me. Owns the house next door. But we only see him every now and again. And he's a good man for information. Did you, did you find... Did you, you found a place, okay. We found a place. Where was In Serpentine Avenue. Oh, you're down the road. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you might have moved next to the sticks. Will you miss us? Well, yeah, but you're not gone too far, so I'll see you around. Yeah. This guy was the easiest guy to deal with. He was very placid, weren't you? When you put up with everything. Yeah, getting head up about things is unproductive. In fact, it's counterproductive. I still, I still owe you a bottle of wine because when, when, when I came around to show him the plans, is this bloody recorded? <laughs> when I came around to show him the plans, he looked at them for about 10 seconds and said, yeah, that's fine. Will I own a bottle of wine? <laughs> and then we did. <laughs> it's so good job I'm doing it now. My price is going up to two bottles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Inflation. What were you doing? Hmm? What were you doing? I got in the place and doing work and... Make it a beautiful job, beautiful house next door. It really is classic. Yeah. Because we had we had the fairy light special. He had the classic. You you had the, the you're the character of the town, so yeah. you, you you will be more missed than uh, you think, I think. And not just I but others see you gone. Well Sailor Bean. It's a strange terrace in that there have been virtually no kids on this terrace since we got here. Yeah. And when I was growing up on Wilfield Road, which is a yeah, town yeah. it was always a very Protestant terrace as far as we were concerned. Possibly because of the tall, spindly houses. They were posh, were they? They were posh. And I'm going to say, because I'm in the middle of things. See you. Oh, see you, guys. See you around. Thanks. Thanks very much. See you. Are you tired, Shane? Do you want to get down there? No, no, no. Please keep. Keep cruising. Thank you.
We're now in what was my bedroom with the Didi, and it had a, an arch over the top of it, and pink velvet buttoned to the ball of it, and it was a harmonious shape. This room was great because it had a high ceiling, and it was big, and it had a huge mirror on the, over the mantelpiece. It served us well until Parky came and I had to move myself to other quarters because I was kicking and lashing throughout the night. Whatever happened anyway, it, it came up with a combination of drugs that eliminated most of that. So for the last couple of years, I moved back down and had I known that she'd be gone so soon, I, I, I'd have gone back down two years earlier. But, um, and I slept through some terrible hangovers in that bed. The worst hangover I've ever had was in New York. We had spent the night out with, oddly enough, with Paul Hill and Robert Kennedy's daughter. And I, I'll never forget the day because I heard this thumping music coming from the street down. We were 25 floors up, I think, in their apartment. And I heard this thumping bass sound. And I went over and I stuck my head out the window and I looked down. And there were four black guys in an open-top car. And they were playing Paul Brady's scene, Nobody Knows. And I thought, well, that's, that's fame for you. Doof, doof, doof. But I have a suit all the way. Oh, how are you? How are you doing? Good. The man from Buckley's had arrived. And we were putting the big stuff, the big wardrobe in this room. So, sorry guys. That wardrobe. Yep. There's a dressing table. That one's part of all the code, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. How are you, How are you doing, all right? Well, as we, were, as we were standing here, the man from Buxley's auctioneers came to look and see that the pieces that were putting into the auction. Um, and hopefully the place would be cleared by Monday. But the only other, you want to try and do a wrap? I think I have a wrap there. Have I? That was Me Nerves, a farewell to Shamo's house. Thanks to Shay Healy, Barry Nolan, Lossarina Nirian, Fergus Sheridan and Danny Carroll. The music you heard is from The Stable Sessions, performed by Shay and friends, and is available to download on iTunes. Me Nerves, a farewell to Shamo's house was produced by Kevin Reynolds.